This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDaren.com. Today is September 7th, 2018. And for all our frequent listeners, you know this is the last day of Falcons Football Week. Currently, today's podcast that we have running for Falcons Football Week is 2-5-2017, the worst day in Atlanta sports history. But the Falcons played last night, which is September the 6th, 2018. And I got Calhoun Whitman. This is a rapid reaction podcast. And you know, you know, by now everybody know the Falcons lost. Don't I don't know if you know the fashion in which they lost. That's what we're going to talk about. But I had, should I run this for Falcons football? We could just make it this on side podcast. No, make it the on side podcast. Okay. All right. So this is just run standalone. Won't be a part of any promotion or anything like that. So, like I said, there's a rapper reaction, and I got Calhoun with me. What's up, homie? What's going on with you? Chilling. Falcons lose to Philadelphia 18-12. You hit me up this morning. It's morning time in Atlanta, and you wanted to do a rapid reaction. So. Oh, because it's trash, and it's the same thing that we've been saying. Let's not run on any this. Falcons look like shit, and they're going to continue to look like shit if they don't fix the things that need to be fixed. What need to be fixed? The culture staff. Get them the fuck out of here. And if you're not going to fire all of them, because you can keep the defense and the special teams, you're not going to fire Dan Quinn. Then fire Steve's our fucking keys. That's our biggest problem. Is Matt Ryan the problem? He looked like shit. But they're not going to get rid of the quarterback, let's be honest. So what you have to do is tailor your offense to the kind of personnel that you have. One of the problems I have also is personnel. The way they do their personnel. Some of them, some of those plays, like they have motherfuckers in the game you don't even know. It was a tight end number 85 who missed like a critical third down play. This name was something started with an S. I know you're talking about oh, he dropped the ball and that was a very catchable ball. Like, who the fuck is he anyway and why is he in the game? On that play third down. On on the on the on the you know, opening drive when they went for it on fourth down, the play before the or two plays before, they even took Julio Jones and the all the virus. He was up there. Like it doesn't make sense. Well, they said Julio checked himself out the game because he was tired. That's how the, that's what they said on NBC. I don't know if that's true or not, but that was what was said. Was that Julio was tired? It's true either. But in that in that situation, man, we we need all hands on that. And the play calling was so trash. Four for one, you run a sweet, a sweet play with Devontae Freeman. Like that's gonna work. It's stupid. The the, the play calling doesn't make sense. Matt Ryan looked like. Trash. He looked horrible out there, and I'm a, I was a Matt I'm a Matt Ryan, you know, positive kind of guy here. Matt Ryan looked like trash. So he, so let's stop and we're gonna break down all these things. So this may be we're trying to get picks and kicks going back this year for NFL. So we're going to be debating on if we do picks and kicks every week or a rapid reaction every week. Win, lose, or draw, we may, instead of doing picks and kicks, we may do a rapid reaction. 
every week. Or we may mix the two. Like, we may do this. Since it's already started, I said, fuck picks and kicks and do the rapper reaction with me or RTR or all of us or Mac or whomever. So, no picks and kicks. We just do rapper reaction from every Falcons game. Yep. Okay. All right, we'll roll with that. So, back to your previous point. So, you had, what, three talking points. Coaching, Matt Ryan, and play call. So, let's take those individually. First off, I'm going to start off by saying I'm very forgiving of first games. Like, I'm very forgiving of first games. I I would expect this result if you were the St. Louis Rams or teams who didn't let their key players play during the preseason. Like, Julio didn't play during the preseason, but you know how he came right in and hit right on stride. Matt Ryan played during the preseason, and we're going to talk about Matt Ryan's faults a little more later, but, you know, he – they look good from 20 to 20. It was once they got to the 20 that was kind of like, wait, what the fuck is going on? I was just reading. I'll say that for later. It was when they got, they were moving the ball from 20 to 20, but when they got in the red zone, that's when they were like, wait, what the fuck is going on? So I know, and at this point in the year, the defenses are, are further along than the offenses. So by and large, I'm very forgiving the first games. I, I'm not a Steve Sarkeesian fan. It's been chronicled on this show many times. But I give him a pass for this first game. Calhoun. No, I'm listening. Now, I give him a pass in this first game because I think, you know, you're trying to figure out who needs to do what and to do well. Now, the coaching part, which I agree with you on, is some of those personnel groupings. And some of those players who they do have on the field and where they decide to go. It's like some of those plays is like the Falcons look like if they can't go to Julio, they can't go to anybody. Like where was Muhammad Sanu yesterday? He had one key catch. He had like two catches, I think, in the game. One was a key catch. Where is he? I don't know if it's because he's not open. If the play calling is next, if Matt Ryan isn't there. I don't know. But where was Muhammad Sanu? Where was Kelvin Ridley? Kevin really got targeted two times. I just saw this in the AJC. He got targeted two times yesterday. We can't be a go to Julio and run the ball type team. Because as you see, any team with any type of coaching is just going to double Julio and make it hard for him at the goal line. Because once you get close to the red zone, I mean, the field shortens, so you can't do everything. And I think the Falcons, I think that, it's a combination of problems. And I think the first problem or the biggest piece of the problem is coaching and putting players in positions to win. And I don't know if that's Sarkeesian. I don't know if that's position coaches. I don't know if that's Dan that's, Quinn. Yes, you do. You know who it is. You say it all the time when I talk about Matt Ryan being the MVP. Who you say is the MVP? Kyle Shanahan. And who was he with the Falcons? The offensive coordinator. So you know who the fuck it is. Let's cut that shit out. And the reason why there ain't no hope, you may be forgiven the first game, the reason why, because they pick up where they left off. That's the problem I have with them. I don't have to see more. You're right. Now, <laughs> rapid reaction, they lost the exact same way they did in the playoff game to the same exact team. They are the, they are the, exact, they are the same team. They went and this whole team, the way this team is built, is to be lethal, is to stretch the field, is to go downfield, it's a passing team, and you open up the run. That's why they got small uh, offensive linemen to do this zone-cutting, uh, blocking scheme. You have three uh, great wide, good wide receivers. Two of them should be number ones. Kevin Hold on, I, don't, I would say two good and a possible like a bad hand to space. We don't know, but the way they drafted Kevin. No, I'm saying Sanu. I'm not sold on Sanu. I'm sold on. I, I, I'm saying 
that's that's just good. Sanu isn't the one who I'm speaking of. Sanu is a great third option on any team. Sanu would be a great because he was the second option in in uh up in Cincinnati. He's a good second option here. I think he's overqualified for a third option, but underqualified for a second option. Which means as a third, he will be outstanding. That goes to my point. Your team is built in a certain way. And you keep trying to run 1985 LA Raiders offense. There is no Bo Jackson. There is no Marcus Allen. There are no Hogs up front. And you keep running this bum-ass counter-sweet zone-blocking scheme that is not working. And we're just forcing the ball. There is no, there is no creativeness in the rounds. So I think that's the biggest problem. They had in that last fourth down, in that last drive, they had Julio Jones twice in the slot. They had Julio Jones twice in the slot, and there was no rub routes, no pick routes, no crossing routes, or nothing. The motherfucker was just running up the seam, easy to easy to double team. He did that twice before they moved him over to single out. On the left hand side, when he and Matt Ryan threw that bomb ass pass, and he was out of bounds for the for the game. But the plays before that, they ran trips. They ran trips right. They had him in the slot closest closest to the line, and they just ran him up the field. Like that's the easiest way to double team him. There was no creativity. There's no there's nothing to lead him open in that route. It's stupid. And that's how Steve Steve Sarkeesian is not a good high school coach. I mean, so the difference between, and you said this, the difference between the NFL and all this other stuff is, in high school, you can have more talent and call any play and it'll work. In college, you can have more talent and have any play and it'll work. The pros, all the talent is pretty much the same. So you have to, it's not like, hey, I'm going to throw a sweep and get around the corner. It's hard to get around the corner in the pros because everybody's running the 4-4-2, you know what I'm saying? As opposed to college or high school where you got the one person who runs a 4-4, everybody else runs a 4-9. So your point is valid. I want to talk I, I, I talk about how what they did with Julio because, again, part of being a good offense coordinator is I'm not. I'm fine with putting him in the slot, but you use you use formation and position to get somebody open. The Eagles did that. They put somebody in the slot and threw a fade, and they faded outside with the ball. The Falcons put Julio on the outside and tried to fade him outside, and he just ran out of bounds. So they they aren't putting they aren't putting people in position to win. As far as Sarkeesian, you know what you're getting with him. Hopefully, he can improve, but with him specifically. The only time he was good was when he was at USC and he had Reggie Bush, Matt Lyman. He had the best talent in the country. And you could just say, Lindell White, you could just, you can call whatever and they can make it happen. At University of Washington, he was seven, they called him seven and six start because he was going to go seven and six every year at a school where you should have a built-in advantage. We both saw Alabama play. Nothing about him screams pro coach. Nothing about him screams pro offense coordinator. Take out the person that take out the personal issues. Nothing about him screams football coach. He isn't. He isn't as prepared as Kyle Shanahan. Like Kyle Shanahan or not, he was prepared. He had a plan, and he did some things that during their great Super Bowl year, he went to Matt Strengths. Sarkeesian isn't going to Matt Ryan Strengths. And at this point, I don't know if Matt Ryan had. I don't know what Matt Ryan's strengths are, and I don't know if Sarkeesian know what Matt Ryan's strengths are, and I don't know if Matt Ryan knows what his strengths are. So, Matt Ryan's a fucking idiot. Everyone, he should know his strengths because he's been doing this for ten years. Like I, this is the only time 
in, my, in Matt Ryan's era that I've seen where he has trouble, when the offense has trouble moving the ball. And this is it. Like with Mike Smith, there wasn't no trouble, even on bad teams. Matt Ryan, can still, they can still move the ball. They'll just lose games like 26, 24, 28, 21, or something like that. But they, they didn't have this kind of inadequacy scoring the ball. Regardless of who Philadelphia is, they scored 12 points last night. Well, let's That's back up. Let's back up. We're not going to talk all parts every drive, but the first two drives, they walked down the field like it was nothing. They keep walking down the field. That's the whole thing with the problem last year. It ain't if you can go. The problem isn't going 60 yards. The problem is getting into the end zone when the field shrinks. Like, if they're not hitting a home run, when you get within that 20-yard line, it shrinks. So the quarterbacks are not playing Julio off. Your offense come together. They put more in the box. You have to have creative ways to get the ball in the end zone. And they don't. That's the problem. But going back to that play I was talking about with Julio Jones, if they had the two outside two outside receivers outside of him, if they ran slants and he ran a Z route or he ran an uh, a out route, that would be open for him. That's the stuff that you need to do, not have him run up the field. If you're trying to get it to him, have them run over him, he sneak and he go through the back door. For the touchdown. I disagree. I think Matt Ryan, I think you're giving Matt Ryan too much credit. I don't think he knows anymore. I think he feel like, oh, I think he has an overinflated idea of himself. Like he can just run anything and make it work. Matt Ryan looks confused. He looks scared. He looks like, what you were saying? He does. He looks like the game is passing him by. Like that's alarming. Like he looked like you know how in back. This is like basketball. You remember when cats would like ball out that one year, that contract year, get that deal and go back to big playing like whatever they played before that contract year. That's what Matt Ryan looked like. Like I mean, I know he's been a good quarterback with some highs and some lows, but he looked like his porn stars and athletes. He looked like it's going, and we're watching it go. I'm hoping it's not, but it, he looked like it's going. I don't think that's it. I think the biggest problem coming with Matt is he just go ahead and do what. The well, who he's a fuck, he's an idiot. Is what I feel. He's a real dumb motherfucker. In that, no matter what he knows or what he sees, he'll just do what they tell him to do. He's a fucking mindless drunk. So there was some players. A couple. There was a couple of players last night, especially on the goal line. The first down the goal line, they was lined up. I don't know why they don't have a fullback when they're in the goal line, but that's another issue. And I seen Philly had ten in the box. Because I'm not even have no wide receiver. Perfect time for a play, not even a play action. Perfect time for a slip out, and you just dump it off. That's a perfect pass play because they all up on the line. They playing around. Matt Ryan hands the ball off, no audible, no checks. How many times do you see him check down? How many times do you see him audible? Like that is stupid. It's unbelievably crazy to me how someone who could be in this game that long and still don't do the basic thing. You see what's coming. You know your offensive coordinator is in there. You don't even help your offense coordinator out enough to check out of that play. 
Everybody standing know you running and you give it off anyway. No lead blocker, no hogs on your line. Your team ain't even built for that. And they do it anyway. That's the problem with them. And that's what I'm saying with Steve Sarkeesian. The team that you have this many weapons on offense and you cannot score the ball. Hold on, how many? So you keep saying this many weapons. Julio's a weapon, Devontae's a weapon, Tevin Coleman is a weapon. The jury's still out is Calvin Ridley. The jury's still out on Calvin Ridley. Matt Ryan's a weapon. And for number two, I like Sanu. I disagree with Sanu. I completely disagree with Sanu. Matt Ryan, I don't know if you can I don't know if you consider a quarterback who a non running quarterback as a weapon. I wouldn't I think Peyton I, I think Peyton Manning is the greatest football player of all time, but I don't think I wouldn't consider him a weapon. Oh no, I disagree. Of course a non running quarterback is a weapon. You don't think Drew Brees, Tom Brady is a weapon? No, I think they're great. I don't think they're weapons. I think I think see I think a great quarterback is a weapon. If your quarterback is top ten, you got yourself a weapon. Is Matt Ryan top ten? He was. I don't know what he is now. Because if this is who if this is who they are. If you can let somebody come in and do this with your game, I don't know. I mean, are we not giving Philly enough credit? Let me ask that question. No, because they look like shit, too. They look like shit offensively. Our defense was real good. But defensively, they look good. You talking about Julio. Julio had, what, 10 catches for 180 yards? But when they needed to clamp down, Ronald Darby and them clamped down on Julio. And there wasn't no clamping down. That was bad play calling. We only went to Julio. Like you just said, Carolina didn't have any catches. Julio, I mean, Muhammad Smoot had four for 29 yards. Our offense is stagnant. Our offense is a problem. How many catches do our running backs have? That's the difference in what Steve Sarkeesian does. And I was not the biggest Kyle Shanahan fan. But that's the thing that Kyle Shanahan did. When you have people like Taylor Gabriel getting in the game. When you have people like Sanu being a fact to 60-some catches. When you have Tammy Coleman and Freeman in the game. When you have both of them in the game and they both catching balls and one is blocking for the other. And you have that kind of shit going on. Your offense looks totally different. That's when you have the seventh best offense in NFL history. You've added to that offense and have gotten worse. That's the problem. Will you agree with me to Kyle Shanahan is the MVP now? No. How much, how much more obvious can it be? You just said yourself we got better personnel and got that's, worse as an offense. That's a dumb debate because you take away from what Matt Ryan did and what the offense did. You have to still make the plays. And so it's just like with this. You can make bad play calling, but it also execution. It doesn't matter what you call if you don't have the players to execute and if the players don't execute. But you said the Fabulous have always had the players to execute. That's how you know what kind of team we have. Because even before Kyle Shanahan, we might have a lucky. Oh, Dirk Cutter, we went 13 and 3. But nobody, the Falcons have never, the closest the Falcons got to the goal was that 28 to 3 in the Super Bowl. What as far as winning the Super Bowl? Well, we can't, we didn't win. So. No, nah, but I'm saying the closest the Falcons have ever gotten to being a champion was that point. That was our most complete, that was our second most complete team. This team is more complete than that team. So let's get off the, we're getting off the mark here. Fuck Kyle Shanahan, he ain't here. Here's the biggest problem. Steve Sarkeesian is the biggest problem. That's the problem. And Dan Quinn. And Dan Quinn is because he let Dan Quinn and Matt Ryan come from the same ballless, hoe-ass, trash-ass fuck. They both, that neither one of them are alpha male. And then you went and got another motherfucker who's not an alpha male. 
and Steve Sarkeesian. They're both, neither one of them will say anything to change up what they're doing. Dan Quinn hear everything that's going on. And Dan Quinn let that shit ride. Like, I, I, I'd rather get rid of him and just make Raheem Morris the goddamn head coach. Which Arthur Blank ain't gonna do, because Arthur Blank ain't got no goddamn ball. Okay, so. A, a ballless organization. That's what they got. Led by a ballless quarterback. Well, I think that point is valid. A ballless owner, a ballless GM, a ballless head coach, a ballless co- quarterback. And that's why they won't win shit. So, let, I think we're just sounding like two disgruntled kind of fans. No, we're sounding like what you really see. It ain't, it ain't disgruntled. It's truth. No, no, I'm, but I'm saying I think we need to bring a little more format. Let's get back to the game. Let's branch back out and talk about long term. So, I got a couple of questions when we get to toward the end. Let's go back and talk more about the game. I think we're talking about the offense. Let's let's flip it and talk about kind of the defense. What did you think of the defense? They did a damn good job. Our defense is ready. I'm going to tell you who looked bad out there. Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley looked like shit out there. Yeah, he looks out of sorts. Yeah. But you don't like Vic Beasley, so that's easy for you to say. But, no, nah, he looked bad. Like, I'm indifferent. He just looked bad. He looked like he they moved him to linebacker, back to line. Like They need to stop that shit. Yeah, they need to – Put him somewhere, leave him there, cause he look, he just look, he don't look bad. Like sorry, he just look like unsure of himself. And like the touchdown the Eagles scored, he made one of the worst possible tackle attempts I've ever seen in, as a prof- in my life by a professional. Like he just don't look, he look like he just don't got it right now. And I think part of that is cause he doesn't know what he's doing. Like no knock on him, just they giving him too much to do, switching him too many places, and he's not good enough to do that. He's not Khalil Mack where he can go down on the end and go back to the linebacker. He has to be one of the other. They need to leave him the fuck alone. I don't know whose idea is it to keep dropping him at linebacker in the coverage. They need to leave him alone, period. And that's why he's going to keep looking like that. Like, even in that play, Chris Collinsworth said it. He made a tackle like a like a lineman would make one. Yeah. He's in, well, he missed that tackle. Yeah, you're right. He sure did. And Chris Collinsworth said he, like, he tackled like a lineman. He's in open field trying to make that tackle. That's ridiculous to even put him now. Leave him on the DN. Him and talk on the DN. That's what you need to do. The only thing I will say is there's not a lot of creativity in it. We need to send some blitzing or whatever because we wasn't getting pressure like we should have got pressure. The one set we did got was from a corner blitz. Well, we got a couple of sets, but one was from a corner blitz. Um, right. I thought that – I don't know if the defense were good or that the Eagles were just really bad because the Eagles weren't that good on offense either. Like, and that goes back to your Nick Foles ain't shit point. You know what I'm saying? But I think I, it's hard I, to I get. Echo, I'm going to echo what you said earlier. You can tell the first game because I, I have the only part, the only thing that good came out of that game is I have Jay Ajayi on one of my fantasy teams. And he scored two touchdowns. But even then, I don't know how they was, why they was using him, how like they were using him. Like, they were not putting him in the game. Like, Sproles and the other running back had way more touches. I was surprised they used Darren Sproles as much. They were using him as the feature back. Yeah, I don't understand that. I really don't. A 14-year 5'6 guy. Well, I like Darren Sproles, but I wouldn't put him as... He wouldn't He wouldn't be my feature back at this point in his career life. He's like, he's like your third down back. But the other the other running back they had over him is the one I would have on my third down back. Jad Jai should have been a bell cow. Especially when, the, when you've seen that the, the passing game and shit was not just going to get you there. I don't understand what Philip was doing. I think that's something they're ironing out. So I give him that. But on the flip side of what you're saying, I have to agree. Uh, our defense held up. Our defense did what 
Our offense keep putting them in bad position. They played way too many snaps, which is why so many of them got hurt last night. Well, I just think that's first game cramping. Most of these cats ain't played like that. So, I, again, I'm forgiving the both sides of the ball. Probably more forgiving the offense than defense in the first game. Again, like I said, I don't know. I think the jury's still out on our defense in totality. I don't know if we're good or the Eagles are just bad in the first game or whatever. But the defense did. They did play well enough to win that game by more than a touchdown. Our defense played well. Whatever, However they did it, they played well. I think it's some things you can tighten up on the defense. But I think I would give the defense a B plus for last night, if it were me. I like him. Yeah. And I was excited to see that boy KZ. Yeah, I was going to say KZ played, and he led to a critical interception. You know, he made the hit that led to an interception. Like, I, he just got a head for He got a nose for the ball and the hit, a nose for the game. Like, he just always makes the right play. I know what about that overfield tackle he made? Yeah, he just always made the right play. We need to bench whoever. Um, Rico Allen. We need to bench Ricardo, Ricardo Allen, whatever his name is. Ricardo Allen need to go. I ain't going to bullshit you. I mean, because you're not going to bench Keanu Neal for what he does. Keanu Neal is way better than Rico. But Casey got to play, man. He got to stay on the field. He got to play. He was probably the brightest spot from that game yesterday. I agree. He's the reason how Debo got that interception, like you just said. Soon as he got in, he started making plays. He did the same thing in preseason. Like, he needs to be free safety. He needs to play. Yeah. But the defense played pretty well, especially with them being out as much. Let's be honest, it was an 81-degree game. Even though they practiced in the South, it has been 90 degrees all summer. But, uh, of course, game speed is a little faster. Well, a little but, faster, plus it's not preseason where they're only playing a quarter or two quarters. Or... Still practice two a day in, in Georgia. Yeah, but practice, you get breaks. Like, practice is different. Practice, you go from station to station. You can, you can lack off a play or two. Like, in the game, you can't really do that. Right, so I, I think I, I agree with you on some of that. I'm glad they have the. the I get them. I get them. I get an offense. I get a defense of A minus. I get an offense of L. Well, let, we're gonna get back to the offense. I just want we're gonna talk about. We spent. We went to the offense. We detoured to the defense. What about special teams? Special teams, I give a C. Uh, you know, it's amazing how fans. We hated Eric Wings, fair catch Wings. Uh, so they replaced him. But this cat, he had a couple of stupid decisions. Who like, just like, Hardy? Not Hardy. Um, yeah, it was Hardy. Yeah. He was an idiot. Some of those he should have just fair caught instead of letting him bounce. Like, he had one good one that bounced into the end zone. And then he, he tried that again and landed at the 10. Yeah. He just kept letting it bounce. He should have fair caught him. He should have attempted some of them. Like, I don't understand. that He's, he's not good. He's a, if you if you a step under Eric Wings, but you got a lot of work to do. And special team has work to do. I can't believe Matt Brown missed the extra point. Uh, but besides that, special teams, I get special teams a C, C minus. I, again, I get a defense A minus. The worst player, even Duke Riley had a great defensive play. And I thought he was an Achilles heels of his defense. The worst player, I would agree with you, was Vic Beasley. And I think it was one because they cannot – they keep doing stuff with him that he had no that he had no business doing. Also, the personnel a little bit. Let me tell you something. I don't give a shit what you think about Vic Beasley. He's better than Brooks Reed. <laughs> that's just you being a racist. No, that's just me watching football. I'll ask you, is he better than Brooks Reed or not? Some days. Most days. See, now that's how you know you hate 
Vic Beasley. No, I'm just playing. He, I mean, I, Vic Beasley has he's done something Bruce Reed could never do with a 15 sack season. But yeah. I, the past two years, I've been unimpressed with Vic Beasley. The reason why? Because the, the defense keep doing stupid shit with him. Last year, they had him at four three outside linebacker. I wonder why. I mean, I wonder why they have this. Him as this? Is this some? Are they privy to information we're not privy to? Like, no. This is a year right after you had 15 sacks. Next year, they put him at outside linebacker. That's just stupid. I don't give a fuck what you think or what you're doing as a as a coaching staff. That's stupid. You don't take a, you don't take a guy who had 15 sacks and put him at four three linebacker. That's stupid. Period. That was a and they failed. And so this year they were like, we're gonna stick him right back at, at outside linebacker. They did. But when shit get hard, then they want to drop him in the coverage. Like they, I don't know if they seeing something. They thinking like we can really use this to our advantage. No, you can't. Stick, put his hand in the dirt and let him work. That's it. Now, I'll give it to you. You did the best thing by switching sides with him and Top because Peter Peterson was dogging his ass. <laughs> Are you talking about a Hall of Fame left tackle, though? Yeah, I mean, that was that was a matchup neither one of them would have won. So, I mean, and neither I, one of them did win. <laughs> I mean, I don't have no problem with that. I. I don't know. I don't know going forward. I, again, I, these games, first games, are so you know blah for me. It's hard to really get a beat on them. But to your point, the pressure wasn't good. The pressure was wasn't great. Deion Jones played his normal. I mean, he played his normal how he normally play. KZ looked like a star in the rising. They picked on True Fun a little bit. A couple of bad calls, but they picked on him. Alpha was burnt. Nick Foles under threw the ball. That goes back to what I was saying. You there, Dick? Yeah, I'm listening. That goes back to what I was saying about True Fund. You keep talking about Vic Beasley. You need to talk more about True Fund. True Fund. Oh, if it was too, if it was a number two for worst player on defense, it's True Fund. But I think he got some. I think some of those calls were bad. Fair in fairness to him. Oh, the referees get an elf. The referee <laughs> had a horrible night too. They got a, the referee and slowed the game. The game was the game was disjointed the whole time. The game was awful. Yeah, me and. Uh, me and me and um, first lady were looking at the game, and we, she kept saying, "This is the boringest game," because she has ties to Philly and Atlanta. She was like, "This is the most boringest game I've seen in a long time," and I had to agree with her. That guy had no flow, no rhythm. He couldn't get a rhythm because of a penalty every time. I mean, just it wasn't a good game. My game was trash. And then on top of that, let me tell you what the NFL has done to shoot themselves in the foot to help you with your bet. In 1993, a defensive game, what that mean? You know what I mean? You got some good hits, didn't you? Yeah. That was the excitement of it, right? Yeah. There was none of that last night. It was a call. I, I forget if it was against Grady Jarrett or whoever it was against. It was called oh, oh, put the body weight like, on the quarterback. I never heard of that shit before. That shit was so, that shit was so booted. Like that was, you could, what else could he done? That and then Chris Carter, you can't drive him to the ground anymore. He didn't. He was already off his feet. It was textbook hit. He was, he didn't even take a step after the ball was thrown. He was hitting him as the ball was thrown, and they threw the flag. Like Chris Carver said, that night, Julio went up for a catch. He didn't get it. He was like, but entire pad, they would have took his head off. But in this NFL, you don't get that. And the one with the, uh, Philly, when he had the uh, catch, the, the punt returner, 
the goddamn defender was right in front of his face. And time passed, he would have cleaned them off his feet. Like, Sorry I, about this. I was just saying with the Florida game, with the refs having to call not, all these fake hits and stuff, long, like all too hard hits, for lack of a better term. We yeah, just destroy like the Florida game, and we just make point. the playing field more level for a second. So teams who are just the floor of all games, do they get slowed down? And, and if you're a defense, do you hey, take advantage you of that? You got to hit just send somebody out of the head and stop us destroying the Florida game. Ball flow. If it is, then they're gonna be doomed. I, I give you the points. Well, not even that. I think if it is, that's the ultimate equalizer. All bad for the NFL. And the reason why I said that because you're right. After watching that game last night, if that's indicative of how the NFL will be playing for him now. It's, it's not worth watching. Yeah, that was an unwatchable game. If it was anybody but the Falcons, I wouldn't even, I would have turned away early. Yeah, I don't to watch that either. Yeah. That game was atrocious. And, you know, you can't, with them taking away every facet of it, of football, with them taking away so many facets of football, they're shooting themselves in the foot because then again, there is no big plays on special team either. Unless it's in a punt game. But there are no great kickoff returns anymore. There are no great hidden anymore. There's none of that. So the only thing you have now is offense. So let's get back to it because I think I think as we go along, I think I, we're going to do this format. We're going to talk about offense, give it a grade. Talk about defense, give it a grade. Talk about special teams, give it a grade. Talk about coaching, give it a grade. So far we get best players of the night. We're going to get to that too. We're going to talk about best plays of the night, worst plays of the night, and how worried are you moving forward. So okay, let's do that, let's get it. Yeah, let's go on and do this real quickly. So we talked we spent a long time talking about offensive defense. Let's go on and just give a quick grade and a quick thought. Which my grade for offense was a D. And I say I thought between the two the between the red zone, the Falcons did good. Once they got in the red zone, they did horrible. Concerned about Matt, Sarkeesian is Sarkeesian. Dan Quinn is Dan Quinn. Those are my thoughts. So I give them a D for offense. I get them my health. Uh, it goes right to what you're saying. In between the red zones, yeah, they can they can do some things, uh, but they have no creativity. They have no setup. He runs the ball just to run the ball. He's not running the ball to set up anything. He's not passing it to set up the run. His his play call is too predictable. Them screen plays was it was only one good one, the Coleman that was uh, that was off time, and I think that's just, that's because they caught Philly. In an awkward position, but other than that, the other one he was trying to throw to Muhammad Sanu or whatever, like it just it's just stupid play calling, bad personnel. I give him an L. Matt Ryan looked like trash out there. The, uh, I can't say the other receivers didn't show up because I don't know. It's not a balanced offense. It's not a good run pass balance. It's not a good play selection. It's it's not a, it's not good formations. Nothing. I give that offense an L. Defense, I get. I said it already. Get a defense a B plus. I thought we did. I don't know if it's because we are good or because the Eagles were bad because of the first game, but we did what we had to do. Defense played well enough to win, so I give them a B plus. I said A minus, and a lot of it was because of the Philly help. Nick Foles is who I think he is. He is what he is. Uh, the coaching staff was off a little bit. Like I said, I would have had Jay Jai in more. When he was in, he was a big-time difference maker. So why they was going with Sproles and the other guy, I have no idea. Uh, the wide receiver, they didn't even have Alshon Jeffrey and the other, and they didn't have someone else, so they wasn't even fully stopped players. Like. Uh, so, but, you know, that's them. I give out, we had some very big plays. So I give it A-minus. 
Go ahead. Special teams. I thought we did. I mean, I I thought we did. You said your grade. I would say my grade, but we'll regurgitate it. I said, I think a C. I think Matt Bryan, I mean, he was the offense at the beginning of the game, right? He missed the extra point, which is highly uncharacteristic of him. But I give him a C. The extra point didn't determine the game at all. All right, I, I do the same, give a C minus. My biggest concern is that punt return. Uh, Hardy, so he, they need to iron out a lot of stuff for him. He was not. I think they should try Calvin really at punt return. Like, you, yeah, that's what they're doing in preseason, so I don't know why they're not doing it now. I understand why they're not, but in a game like that where he, like, you got to get people like him going. Like, you got to try to get him going. It's hard. It's easy to lose focus on a game like that if you're him when they're not. When they're just throwing the ball to Julio, so you stick him back there and just try to get him to get the ball in his hands, just to see what it feel like in a real game to have a ball in his hands. So, again, yeah, I give him a C, you give him a C minus. Coaching, we haven't talked about coaching at all. Let's talk about coaching for a second. I give it an F. Steve Sarkeesian is Steve Sarkeesian. We we spent enough time talking about him. Dan Quinn is. We did a podcast. They ran actually yesterday about is Dan Quinn the man for the job? And we all came up with no double R said jury still out. Against Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson makes Dan Quinn look even worse. In that game, that was a horrible game, a disjointed game. Doug Peterson ran the trick play. Doug Peterson made the calls. Now, I will give Dan credit for going for it on fourth down. I thought that was the right call at the beginning of this game. I thought that was the absolute right call. The play he got was a shitty play. But I thought that was the right call. But once he did that, he just stood there and like just looked lost for the rest of the game. And I think that Peterson looks dialed in the whole game. Like even he he talks to his quarterback. I mean, he just looks like he's dialed in. Like he's more with his players than Dan Quinn is during the game. So I get a coach in the elf. I get a coach staff for Z. June John Jerry Glanville were better coaches than these motherfuckers. These guys are trash can. And you're right about Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is a fucking boob of a job. He's the coach in the water boy before he got his mojo by. Like you just named another thing I didn't even think of. In that game, why wouldn't you put Kevin Ridley at punt return just to ignite a spark? Just to get him going. That's what a good coach would do. They, I hate how media play this Philly shit. You know how media always try to make something big. The Philly Philly or whatever the fuck it was. First off, it's corny and it sounds corny. And it's all I saw some crackers would do in the media to try to make this shit bigger than what it was. But the fact that we was not prepared for that, it's just really just unbelievable. Like, you should have already ran and prepared to see that. You've seen, we already talked about enough about Steve Sarkis and how disappointed we are, but Dan Quinn does not step in at any point in time. Like, I agree with you. I was listening to Sports Radio today, and they were like, he didn't eat. One of them was like, I didn't like that fourth down play in the first beginning of the game. I did, because you need to set the tone of the season with we're going to score, which we did not do. But when you hear the play call that's coming down, you should have stopped right there and was like, no, I need a better play than that. That play was not going to work. So, again, I'm torn on that. I agree. You go for it on fourth down. Absolutely. I would have doubled down and went for it the second fourth down. But I think what you do, I think what you 
I don't know if he knew the actual call. So, like, it's one of them things where you don't know if you're playing the playbook right. Like, your job is to oversee, not to know the whole offense. So, I think that's where you lean on Sarkeesian. And the question is, should you be leaning on Sarkeesian? I mean, we know the answer to that. But, you know, I don't, I don't fault Dan Quinn for the play call. I, 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 don't, I don't fault him for anything that happened on that. Now, what you do do is the next time you like, look, Steve. I think what you do do as a head coach, you'd be like, hey, I want to play action or I want to screen or I want who You can say high level what you want and Sarkeesian figures that out. That will be the next takeaway from that. That, hey, I can't trust this motherfucker. If I'm going to go for a ballsy call, I'm going to tell him high level what type of play I want. And he needs to pick one from that that group of plays. I was going to say, that. Well, uh, if, you got, if, you're a decent, if you're a decent coach, Next time you, when you know I can't trust this motherfucker, you can tell him what call you want or you take over. You need to know your team enough, even though you don't call the players sure enough. But you need to know your team in the clear situation, this is what I want to run. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we agree. I think you say, like, hey, I want Devontae up the middle, or hey, I want Julio on the slant or fade, or hey, let's try to get, get the tight end on this. Like, you just say something highlight that. Let's try to hit the tight end, Kai, think he open. And then that's Sark's job to pull a play that gets the tight end open. So I think that's what you do. That's what you do as a head coach. Agreed. So we both give, I give him an F, you give him a Z. Let's talk about um, stars of the night for the Falcons. Who did a good job for the Falcons? Well, I mean, we both can say Julio, even though one of the routes Julio ran led to the interception. I don't know what that was. Julio. I think Julio's a fool. I think he I think he kind of went dope. I think his numbers are just inflated because they kept going to him. Like, no shade to him. I just. I think that's what you do. They can't stop him. So you keep going to him. Yeah, but, but I don't I think, think he was really like. I think we locked in on him too, too hard, though. Yeah, we are, but that's a different thing. I think, I think again, you know, one of my things is somebody's going to get the numbers. I think it's Julio, but I don't think he was. Again, I think that when it counted, they did what they had to do to shut to shut Julio down. So I think it's one of the things. Hey, like in the NBA, we'll let Kobe get all his points, and in two minutes, we'll play defense on him. And I think that's what happened with Julio. They let Julio get him, but when it gets to the goal line, that's when we're going to shut him down. So. That's when you have to come up. That goes back to our coaching. So that's a loop of the discussion. Yeah, yeah. We're not, I, I'm just saying that. Julio. Julio they Julio. couldn't stop the motherfucker. Uh, even though some of the players that were bad throws, Matt was lobbing dumb shit up all night. He didn't have one ball on the rope the whole night. So I got to give it to Julio, my boy. Uh, two, I, I got to give it to that boy. Casey, man. Casey came right in that motherfucker. And, and, D, and Debo. But Casey came in that motherfucker and made a difference. He came in and became a playmaker off top. I got that, one more too after Casey. That that tackle he had was so big time. But then the hit, the tackle for the interception was even it was amazing. But I was more impressed by that open field. It was one man to beat, and it was Casey, and he made the play. That that it don't get more big time than that. And also Robert Offer, even though they had a few play and few catches on him. That 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 the way he covered on that long throw, that was man, a horrible pass. Man, but still, that was good coverage, dude. That was some good coverage. He didn't do no pass in the fence. He got his head around. He, he made a play on the ball. Right, that was good coverage. I got two more: Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. What about? I thought Tevin Coleman did a damn good job when he got the ball. I agree. I thought again, a lot of this is. 
Steve Sarkeesian not riding the hot hand, and the Falcons did too much substitution. I don't know if it was because they because the first game it was the heat they tried to keep people from cramping up, but neither one of them could get in the rhythm. But he, but both of them had good plays when they got a chance to touch the ball. Like Devontae made a couple of good catches, a couple of good runs. He had a twenty yard run the first carry. He was out the next play. So good. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the I think the I think they did a good job with what they were with the hand they were dealt. Long story short. I would give the running backs a B plus. I think they was just dealt the shit in hand by Sarkeesh. So I think both of them did good. I agree with you. Because you're right. I, that's why I was like, what about them? It was not giving them any rhythm. Both both teams. So I don't know if that was the heat and they were just trying to be overly prepared. Or maybe they just, the NFL's going to this overly specialized league, right? So like, instead of having a real bell cow, you don't give nobody too much. You just give everybody some, which I disagree with. And I think with the Falcons, both of them boys, would, if they could have got, we could have ran the ball much more effectively last night if we gave both of them boys, you know, let them get a rhythm. Like, we let neither one of them get a rhythm. And they both had parts where they were getting into a rhythm. And we took it right away. Right. I agree. So, I thought running backs did a good job. Worst players of last night. Vic Beasley was one. Um... And I think that was more so because he was on a position. So not so much Vic, but the coaching staff. True front? I was about to say true front was terrible last night. Terrible last night. And he is what I think he is. True front is, is not good at all. But that crowd, the worst player last night, got to go to the one and only Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan looked like trash last night. Matt Ryan was terrible. Bad throws. Popcorn throws, horrible decision. When he should have threw the ball away, taking sacks. Uh, the other time he did throw the ball away, he got the penalty for unintentional grounding. Like he was off all the way around. He looked terrible last night. He was the worst player on the field, not just on the Falcons, but period. Falcons feeling whomever. He was the worst player. It was a motherfucker who just came from a flag game that day. And had his worst flat football game and went to the game. Matt Ryan was worse than him. <laughs> I think Matt Ryan was horrible. And you made an interesting point. I didn't even think about it. There was no zip on no ball he threw. Mm-mm. He was out there throwing lollipops. All game. I mean, his outs, close ball, like, everything was lobbing. Like, even his, his close ball, nothing, nothing had zip on it. He looked terrible out there last night. And you, we, there's no way they went like that. The reason why this is not an overreaction to me because it's, it's, this is who they are now. And this isn't going to get it done. They are a 12 to 18 point team. And when you have them kind of players, you should not be, you should not have, in this NFL, where you can't touch or tackle, and your offense is stacked like that, you should not be having a 12 to 18 point. Man, Ryan, they had a personal foul penalty because they, the hit was a little too low, but it wasn't even under his knees, and they called it. So I got a personal foul that they called. So in this kind of NFL, there is no, there, there's no reason for the offense to be this timid. And the offense is terrible. We're going to wrap up with this. On a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you? Nah. I told you before the season they're not going to the Super Bowl. If they don't fix this shit, which I don't think they fix it because of Dan Quinn and because of Steve Sarkeesian, 
The six is Dan Cooney and Steve Sarkeesian. Their substituting is trash, and worse than their substituting is their play call. So they're not going to fix it. So you can you can counter that shit. Their talent is good enough to get them into the playoff and do the same as last year. They'll either win before the championship game or they'll, or they'll lose in the wild card, whatever they will do. Uh, this is just wasted. This is a wasted year. Uh, and then I didn't know Julio Jones, 29 this year. Next year, he'll be 30. And he so, looked like it sometimes. I don't think so. I just think... I mean, just he don't have that. I mean, yesterday game is so disjointed. But if he took himself out because he was tired at a key moment at, at the goal line, you know, that's one thing. I don't know if he uh, he don't have that veracity like he used to have. He's still making great plays. I don't know if it's because Matt throwing shitty balls. But there used to be a time Julio would go up and get that motherfucker. Now he went up and got a line line. He was just out of bounds because you could. Man, if you man. It was so bad last night. Like you said, it's just a looping discussion. It's just to me, he it's not he hasn't lost a step. He just me and me and first lady were talking about it again. It looked like he just don't like Matt Ryan no more. Like it's like you cool, like like you like work like when you know when you first started a job and you sit next to a dude and he cool. Now y'all done work together for some years and now you just see all his flaws and you just tired of it and now you just clocking in just to clock in. That's how Julio seen. Like he tired of Matt Ryan, he tired of this. He's just doing his job to get a check and go home. I can see that. I think what's going on, and but he's just not vocal like the Dez Brown and all that. I think what's going on is the team is starting to get fatigued. Remember the year Kyle Shannon in his first year, and the, and they started speaking out like I don't know what needs to be fixed, but something needs to be fixed. Remember they was doing that subliminal shit. Yeah. You know, I I think that's going on. I think the the only difference is Steve Sarkeesian is so much nicer than Kyle Shanahan, so nobody's speaking out on it. But I think all of them tired of them, and all of them know. I think all of them know, like, this is going to be a bullshit year. We're going to fix this. And the, the motherfucker who can fix it is not good enough to fix it. But he's so nice. It was easy to say that with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan came in being a dick. So you can be a jerk back to him. But Steve Sarkeesian is a nice guy. So nobody's doing that with him. But that's the problem. I think all of them, I think about in a few more weeks, I think they're all going to be playing unenthused football because they all know this is a losing effort. I agree with that. So I was gonna say my on a scale of one to ten, I was a seven with the Falcons, but you just knocked it up to an eight. Cause I that that's an excellent point. We probably need to talk about that more depending on what happened next week. But I think that, like you said, they aren't interested. They look disinterested. They look like you said, like team fatigue, like I'm tired of playing with the motherfucker next to me. Right. And when you don't win and you done that long, that's what happens. It does. I think that Dan, that Dan Coyne, New Car Smell on Wolf, all that brotherhood and rise up shit, that shit ain't nobody buying into that. I think it's over. I think everyone knows at this point because they played long enough. Our team is young, but not that young. Our defense is young. But our core team is old enough to see. And they know this is, this, they know this game is trash. They're tired of giving the same answers. They're tired of just going through here, running through the motion. I don't know they trash, but I just think, like you said, team fatigue is a real thing. But we're gonna wrap up how we gonna we're gonna wrap up, and with all these rapid reactions, we're gonna wrap up with how me and Double R predicted the Falcons' outcome for the particular game. We both had the Falcons winning, so we both were wrong. So we both start out zero and one this year. Thank you guys for listening. Go back and check out all the football podcasts we did for Falcons football week. As usual, me and Double R predict the Falcons' record. 
We got is Matt Ryan, a $30 million problem parts one and part two. We got is Dan Quinn, the man for the job. We got the um, replay of 2-5, 2017, the worst year in Falcons football history. So remember to check out our Patreon page, Digital Darren Podcast, Digital D-A-R-N Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend.